The reading today is taken from uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 16 to 33. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else boasts, dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to post, post about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am, I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak, who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretes had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. That's the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. That's great, thank you. Well, I just want to add my welcome uh, to Libby's. My name's Paul, and uh, together with Libby and Dave, I'm one of the ministers at the church, get to uh, work and serve here. It's great to be here. If I've not met you, do come and say hi. At the end, it'd be great to meet you. Uh, Let's just pray before we start. Lord, we thank you for this uh, Bible passage, Lord Jesus. We thank you uh, for this letter. Lord, there's so much in it, Lord. And we just pray that you take uh, what we have, Lord, here. Lord, what I've put down, and that you just use it for your glory, for your purposes. Pray there'd be something of you, Lord, in it, and we would know what to do with it, Lord God, we pray. Just open our hearts and our ears and our minds to you, Lord God, that you would speak. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, many, 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 many moons ago, when I was an intern, 
put your hand up if you've been an intern ever. It doesn't have to be in church, but there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. Interns, lots of interns. Many moons ago, when I was an intern uh, in New York, I interviewed a guy who was a minister who had been hit in the face with a brick, hit over the head with a bottle, set on fire and shot in the face. Not all at the same time. It was over a period of time. And obviously he got shot in the face. He didn't die or I couldn't have interviewed him. But what happened was the guy had been uh, put in a headlock and they'd put a gun in his face and they pulled the trigger and the gun misfired. At that point, the guy properly freaked out. Adrenaline kicked in and he tried to wrestle, tried to get away, so he struggled and then they pulled the trigger again and it just blew a hole in his face. This guy was a minister, and he'd moved into New York, into a really rough part of New York. Uh, It really was rough. Uh, But he had gone there to share the gospel. He'd gone there to set up a children's ministry. And he moved into a really difficult, dangerous neighborhood. But this guy suffered for the gospel, like hit with a brick, hit with a bottle, set on fire, shot in the face. And that's just a few things that I knew of. This guy had skin in the game. Like, this guy was the real deal. Like, I don't know at what point I would have pressed eject. It might have been after the brick in the face or the bottle of the head. Definitely after the shot in the face, I'd have left and I'd have gone back. But this guy moved into the neighborhood. He wasn't from that neighborhood. He moved in and he just suffered all this stuff for the sake of the gospel. Because he knew it was important to share the gospel and that's where he should be enduring all them things. We see uh, in this passage that we've just read, the Apostle Paul listing a whole lot of stuff that he has gone through, and we'll come back to it a little later. But let me just tell you the context for this, because it's a bit of a, a jump to get to this point. So Paul is in this difficult relationship with this church that is planted in Corinth. He writes all these letters to this church, and, and often commentaries talk about these being letters of tears. It's painful, difficult, strange relationship that he's got with these guys. He's writing these letters to correct things. He's writing these letters to kind of confront things, to encourage them, to tell them that he loves them. But it's quite difficult. It's quite awkward. He's had this really difficult uh, visit that he went to, and it didn't go down very well. His letters seem to be more successful than his trip, but it's a strained, difficult relationship. And we jump in where he's writing this letter to them, and he's basically challenging some false teachers. So there's these guys that have moved into the midst and they're talking and they're talking about their credentials. They're talking about who they are, how great they are and so on. And they're actually putting Paul down. They're actually humiliating Paul. And they're actually kind of making out that Paul is a bit of a fool. He's a bit of a, of a, 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 a really a, a crazy person. It's a crazy message that Paul is shedding. They don't actually think that Paul uh, has the uh, credentials to speak and to challenge and to write. And they're challenging Paul, and Paul's heard about this. And he's saying, you think I'm a fool, yet you listen to these guys who are giving you false instruction, false teaching. You think I'm stupid, yet you let these guys humiliate you, slap you in the face. Okay, if you think I'm a fool, let me play a fool. Okay, let me just play you out your own game. If that's what you want, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Okay, you want to have a go? Let's have a go. And then he starts to kind of list all the things, and we heard it. And Zach, I don't know if you can put up the NIV, the version there. He says, yeah, are you Hebrew? Yeah, 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 me too. Are you a descendant of, I think it's verse 20, are you a descendant of Abraham? Yeah, 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 me too. And he goes through this list at the beginning of the letter saying, this is what they're saying. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, these are the things they're saying that they're boasting about. I'm the same. Like, we're kind of equal here. Like, I'm no fool. These guys are not superior. Uh, Some of the commentaries and and some of the um, 
letters around this talk about these guys as being the super apostles. It's almost like this criticism, this kind of like sarcastic, oh yeah, the super apostles. And Paul's saying, look, I'm like that too. I'm a Hebrew too. I'm a descendant of Abraham too. Like my credentials match up. But if you're going to go down the boasting road, if you're going to do that and you want to play that game, let me boast about what? And he doesn't choose to boast about the churches that he's planted. He doesn't choose to boast about some of the amazing successes that you would think he would boast about. He says, let me boast about my weakness. It's like, what? Let me boast about all the times that I've been spat upon, beaten up, shipwrecked, wrecked, flogged. Let me just boast for a little bit about some of them things. Well, that's a bit of a game changer, isn't it? You know, like when you're in the conversation with someone and you're telling them something about your life and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're thinking, I know you just want me to finish because you want to talk. And they kind of got this thing in their head that's like, yeah, 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 I'm not really listening, but let me just, I've got an amazing story to tell you. And they're kind of half listening. It's like, Paul's like, okay, come on then. If we're going to do this, like have it out, say what you want to say. Yeah, okay, now let me just say, I'm not going to match you. I'm not going to try and compete with you. I'm not going to try and uh, get into this game. I'm going to talk about my weakness. I'm going to boast about getting it wrong. I'm going to talk about all the suffering that I've had. And let's just have a little look at some of that stuff that the Apostle Paul lists. And I'm going to read it this time in the message because it's, it's not, it, it reads quite differently, actually. In the message version, we see this. This is what um, it says. I've worked much harder. I've been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door, Time after time, I've been flogged five times with the Jewish 39 lashes, beaten by the Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and I've been immersed in open sea for night and a day. I've had hard traveling year in, year out. I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, risk in the country, endangered in the desert sun and the sea storm. I've been betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. Ouch. I've, been, I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and lonely night without sleep. I know what that's like. I've got four kids. Many a missed meal, blasted by the cold and naked to the weather. Boom, drop the mic. He's basically like, yeah, 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 okay, guys, if we're playing this game of bragging and boasting, let me just tell you all the stuff that I've suffered. Like, that's the guy I want to follow. I want to follow the real deal. I want to follow someone that's been through their of life and come out the other end. I want to follow somebody that wears the scars. I want to follow someone that's earned the stripes. I want to follow someone that's been down that dark hole and has worked their way out. Not who just does the talk, but actually does the walk. They actually live it day to day. They live out their faith day to day and they see it in the people that they encounter and that they meet with. That's the sort of thing that Paul's kind of saying, look guys, I've lived this. I've breathed this, I've bled this, I've sweat blood and tears for the sake of this. Follow me, trust me, I know what it's like. Follow me, I'm going to um, tell you all about Jesus. Again, I don't know where you would have pressed eject. For me, it probably would have been the thing where he's pummeled with rocks. That sounded horrific. But yeah, Paul doesn't press eject. Paul doesn't walk out, Paul doesn't quit, Paul doesn't leave, Paul doesn't say, you know what, this is a bit too hard, isn't it? This persecution thing, I didn't sign up for this. 
Like I was kind of wanted to kind of preach and I wanted a really good following and I wanted a lot of likes. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like I wanted to be really popular. I did, it's like, it's not going the way that some people might have planned. He's getting criticized. He's getting shut down, shot down. He's getting laughed at. He's being called a fool. And all this stuff is happening yet he's standing firm, yet he's still there. That's why, for me, the Apostle Paul has skin in the game. He is the real deal. He's lived it. He's not just floated by with an easy Christian life. He's lived and breathed it and stuck with it. I don't know if anybody uh, watched the uh, West Wing. It's really old box set now, but it's the West Wing. Amazing, amazing quotes in there, and there's amazing stories in there as well. A lot of churches kind of adopted the West Wing as a bit of like leadership development, and so it's quite interesting to uh, unpick it. But uh, there's this one scene in the West Wing where Leo is having a conversation with another work colleague, and he tells this story about a man that falls down the hall. Some of you are like, oh, I, know, I, know, I know this bit, I know this bit. So this guy falls down a hall, and a doctor walks past, and he looks down the hall, and he's like, ooh, ouch, yeah, a couple of ouchies on your elbow, little scrapey knee, oh, that looks kind of painful. Tell you what, um, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to write a prescription, because there's a lot of scratches and cuts there, that, yeah, that's really deep, isn't it, okay, I'm going to write a prescription, and I'll just throw it down, and then he kind of bails, and the guy's like, okay, great, thanks. And then a priest walks past, would you believe, and the priest walked past, and he, and he, and he looks down the the hall is like, and the guy's like, oh, Father, Father, like, I've fallen down this hall. It's really deep, and I'm hurt, and I'm in a mess. And, and the priest's like, oh, yeah, you are in a mess. That is deep. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to write a prayer for you. Let me just write a prayer. So the priest writes a lovely prayer, and then he throws it down, and he walks off. Then his friend walks past, and his friend looks down the hall, and he sees his friend down the hall, and his friend just jumps down in the hall. And he's like, you idiot, what have you done? You've jumped down in the hall, now we're both in the hall. And the friend says, yeah, I know, but I've been down this hall, and I know the way out. See, the Apostle Paul's been down the hall, like he's lived it. He's been flogged and persecuted and criticized. He knows how dark it can get. He knows what a dark day looks like, yet he's faithful. Yet he remains consistent in it. And he's saying to these guys, look, if we're going to go there, Let's go there. Let me just list how hard it can be. Yet, I'm here, and I love you, and I'm encouraging you to stay true to Jesus, not to listen to the false prophets, the false um, apostles, these super apostles who are all icing and no cake. Like, they're just literally doing the talk, but there's no, no substance at all. They don't live it. They're just trying to use clever words. And the apostle Paul has got the clout He's got the stripes. He wears the scars. He can speak with conviction and with power because he's been to that place. He's been down the hall and he's lived it. And then verse 28 and 29, for me, this is where Paul gets a bit personal. And for me, he shows a bit of vulnerability. So in the NIV, in verse 28 and 29, it says this. All the stuff that I've said, sorry, this is the message. All the stuff that I've said, that's not half of it. So he's, he's kind of chose to hold stuff back. He's not saying all the stuff. He said, that's just half of it. I could go on, but I'm just, I'm just naming a few. That's not half of it. He says, when I throw into the mix <laughs> all the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches 
So this is a guy that has planted churches. He cares for the churches. He thinks about the churches. He's consumed by the churches. He's heard all these stories about them. He loves them. And he's writing letters, feeling anxious about the churches. How many of us know what it feels like to be anxious at this time? The Apostle Paul is anxious for all the churches. And he says, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. John Mark Comer, who um, he was a, a pastor, a minister, a leader in a church in Portland in the USA. He's now the teaching pastor at the church. He wrote this book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a great book. In the opening of the book, he said this. This is just a little account of some of the... Um, anxiety, stress that he's feeling. So the church that he started leading, it just exploded. It just grew and grew and grew, and they were doing more and more services, and how can we grow, how can we do it, and, and so how can you accommodate it? And he was going around to all these different churches, different uh, congregations, sorry, at different times, different services, trying to hold it all together, feeling the weight of the church and all the politics and all the teaching. This is what he says. It's Sunday night at 10 p.m., Head up against the glass of an Uber. Too tired to even sit up straight. I've taught six times today. Yeah, six times. The church I pastor just added another gathering. That's what you do, right? You make room for people. I made it until about talk number four, and then I don't remember a thing after that. I am well beyond tired. Emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. When the, when, I first went, when the church first went to six services, I called up this mega church pastor in California who'd been doing six services for a while. And I said to him, how do you do it, I asked. Easy, he said. It's just like running a marathon once a week. Okay, thanks, I said. <laughs> See, Paul knows the weight of all the churches that is planted. He knows the anxiety that it's caused. He knows his, the, the love and the concern and the weight that it weighs on him. And sometimes, and you'll know this if you've got a job that's got a lot of responsibility, you sometimes go to bed and you put your head on a pillow of responsibility and, it, and it's like all the stuff going round in your head. Thankfully, we're on the bed of sovereignty and God is in control and God is with us. But we sometimes lay our head on the pillow of responsibility and the apostle paul is saying all the stuff i've mentioned that's not even half of it when i throw in the fact that i worry about these churches and i'm anxious about these churches and i care about these churches and i think about these churches it's all consuming he knows he's suffered for a worthy cause he knows too that christ has suffered too Verse 30 to 33 goes on and says about this. If I were to brag about anything, I would brag about my humiliations that make me like Christ. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm kind of one with Christ in his sufferings because Jesus suffered for the sake of the gospel and, and Jesus suffered. And if, and, and if Jesus suffered, then we suffer too. We suffer for the gospel. We suffer for the kingdom. And I'm like Christ in the suffering. I am with Christ in the suffering. Bonhoeffer, uh, who was a German uh, Lutheran pastor and theologian, he said this, Disciples will not be weakened by suffering 
worn down and embittered until they are broken. Instead, they bear suffering by the power of him who supports them. The disciples bear the suffering laid on them only by the power of him who bears all suffering on the cross. As bearers of suffering, they stand in communion with the crucified. In many ways, Paul imitates Christ. He joins with Christ in his sufferings. That's why he's able to say in other places, imitate me like I imitate Christ. I'm going that way. If you want to come and you want to follow me, that's where I'm heading. Imitate me because I'm trying to imitate Christ. Joining him in his sufferings. In one of the commentaries, Paul Barnett says this, this is the message of the cross that Paul seeks to embody and express in his ministry of evangelism. Paul knows that when he's weak, God is strong, that God can step in a little bit like a glove when he gets to the point of just being laid down. God can put his hand in and he can use him and he can shape him. And in his weakness, he can be strong, but also as well, that Paul says in uh, Romans, he says, "We also glo- we are glory in um, we also we glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope." The Apostle Paul is really encouraging these people just to remain faithful to Jesus, not to listen to false teaching to accept him, to trust him in this, saying he's been there. He's saying, stand firm in this. Stand firm in it. Join Jesus in all of this. He's encouraging them to be like Jesus and to walk close. So what might that mean for us? Well, maybe for us it's about staying in relationship with each other. These guys had got into the midst of the congregation and they were just making trouble, stirring up trouble, leading them astray. Maybe in our friendship groups, there's people that are leading us astray a bit. And you're like, do you know what? If I follow that trajectory, it's not going to end well. Maybe the encouragement here is to to keep good relationships. to, To surround yourself with people who are going in the right direction. To not listen to false teaching or other clever thinking, but to get into the Bible and to see what the Bible says. To see what the Bible is saying to keep close close to it. And maybe it's for us, it's allowing the love of Christ to consume us, to control us, and to kindle a fire within us. See, for me, and I end with this, when I read this, I just feel inspired and enriched, and I want that same passion and that same zeal that the Apostle Paul had. Like, to have gone through all that and still stand and say, I know what, guys, It can be rough, but it's worth it. It can be difficult, but it's worth it. I want that same passion that Paul can have that says, even though I've been through all that and suffered all of that, I know that God is with me. And I want you to come and imitate me as I try to imitate Christ. I want that determination. I want that passion. And I want that zeal. I'm just going to invite the band just to come up. And we're just going to respond to this. Maybe just as the, uh, the band set up as well, if you're able to, why don't we just stand together?
Come, Lord Jesus. And if you want to, uh, you can adopt this position of just put your hands out in front of you as like a, a, a child that would want to receive a gift from a parent. Just being expectant and open to receive the all that God has for us. Jesus, come. More of you, God. It might help to close your eyes if you want to so you're not distracted. Jesus, come. Father, we know that you're here by your spirit. And we just say you're welcome. Lord, just allow us to open our hearts that much wider, Lord, to your presence, to your spirit now. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord God. And Father, I just want to pray over anyone, Lord, that's struggling, that feels like they could write their own list of sufferings at the moment. All the stuff that they're going through, Lord, whether that's anxieties or stresses, Lord God, whether that's, Lord, being in a whirlwind of pain and confusion, Lord, I just pray that you would be very present. Thank you that your word says you are a very present help in times of trouble. Lord, would you just come now? Would you come? Would you empower? Would you strengthen? Would you encourage Jesus? Come. Come, Lord Jesus. And Lord, for those that when I just said that maybe there's people that you've been spending time with, that you just know if you ha- keep on hanging out or you keep listening to that conversation or dialogue, it's not going to end well. Lord, if, if anyone had someone pop in their mind, I pray that you give them wisdom for that, that they would know, Lord Jesus, what to do. Come, Lord, like the Apostle Paul's heart, that call to come back to Jesus and to his word and to his leading and to his guiding. Would you call people back to that? Come, Lord God. And Father, would you make us people, Lord, who are totally in love with you? That Father, would you make us people who, uh, despite anything that is going on in our lives, in the world, that we stand firm and we say, I know that it's hard, I know that it's difficult, but God is with us and he's for us. Come, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord God. Help us, Lord, as a church, help us to be salt and light, beacons of hope, Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you that you're alive and well. You are our hope. You are our living hope, Lord Jesus. And we look to you now. We ask for your spirit to empower us and fill us as we go and be the church, as we go and live out the love of you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, amen.